everybody. Welcome to the Uncensored Anime Podcast. My name is David. We have Kenny and we have Jerry and we have a special, very special guest with us this week, Mikey Sinet, the youngest brother of the Sinet clan. That's me. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, specifically parts one and two, Phantom Blood and uh, what was the second Battle one? Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. Battle Tendency. Everyone remembered it but me. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, so, and we're also going to be giving a little bit of a history lesson on Shonen Jump and the impact that JoJo's has had on that series um, and that magazine as well. So, uh, Jerry, yeah, that's away. absolutely it. So, yes, welcome, welcome. It is our first episode with a with a guest. We have a guest star. Our first <laughs> feature. We wanted to bring on the littlest Annette. To come talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He has been recently watching it for the first time. And we thought it was the perfect opportunity to get Mikey on to come right. talk JoJo's. So Mikey, tell us what's up. If you didn't know, on our first episode, we all told the world what our top three favorite animes were. So you got to tell us what your three favorite anime are. <laughs> and tell I, I don't even know if there's three that you know. <laughs> I don't know if Mikey has three animes he likes. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT. Um, um, but no, Mikey, tell us who you are. Tell us what's up. Um, I lost connection. What do you mean? I lost connection for a minute, but we're back. Back. Um, so I'm going to, uh, we're still doing introductions or did I lose connection for too long? (laughs) No, no, you literally, you came back right as I gave a very lengthy intro of who you are, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, as you guys, as everyone knows, I'm a bit of a, I'm a highbrow. Um, uh, they, they spend a lot of money to bring me on. You know, these guys really, they 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 dug deep in the bag. They <laughs> yes. got, they got yeah. their other brother. They got more <laughs> their brothers. Yeah, we added one more um, brother in. <laughs> this is the this is gonna be the hardest pool of the the, the whole season. This is all we, yeah. we spent it all yeah. on Mikey. Dude. It was hard to to get you on. The yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a busy man. I really am. And uh, okay, so a favorite anime top threes. Um, so we'll start with with number three. Number three, probably. Uh, I'll do Samurai Champloo. You know, Ooh. Samurai Champloo. That's a good one. I like that guy. I one. like that one a lot. Um, yeah, number two has got to be. Um, Mm, mm, y'all ever heard of uh probably Rick and Morty number two is Rick and Morty <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude he scaled the scale uh, it, oh, yeah. the power level jumped real high from three to yeah, the rage yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um third one yeah our first one y'all already know Corey in the house Corey in the house my favorite anime of all time <laughs> Raise the roof! Raise the roof! Corey in the house! I mean, Samurai Champloo, actually, we can cut that one off there. Honestly, my my number three is probably, like, uh, The Bachelor. That's... (laughs) The Bachelor is my favorite anime. Yeah, the crossover season, the one where they're in paradise, dude, that's a big big deal. Bro, that's... I mean... Ugh. Uh, yeah. those, are, those are no, those are filler, dude. That's, that's also my favorite. Oh, that's filler. Oh, David. Yeah, being, David, David, that's why it's my favorite because I love filler. David's <laughs> being honest. But you know, number zero's got to be Vampire Night. Remember, everybody, Vampire oh, Night. <laughs> no, Mike, you like Vampire Night, right? Um, I've never heard of Vampire Night in my entire life. Oh, you're missing out, man. You're missing. <laughs> um, 
We could talk about it later. It's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll don't worry. Y'all can talk about Vampire Night later. They break it some other time. You know? Probably a, a, a real talk, though. My favorite anime in no real order is is Mob Psycho. Oh, um, Samurai Champloo, really. For real, then, for real, for real. I mean, Naruto or Dragon Ball Z. Like, just one of the ones. Yeah, they're interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> one they're of the, the ones that they be fighting. They're the same show, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they be fighting. Shonen ones. I think Naruto Ball Z, dude. Uh, okay, no, that's a or, great I mean, My Hero Academia is also, like, the same place in my heart, I guess. They, yeah. they be boxing. And Mikey, we're thinking we're probably going to do a My Hero. Academia. We haven't done a My Hero talk yet on the podcast, so that's probably mm-hmm. coming up in the future. So I know how much the fans love My Hero. Hey, this chapter, got that yeah. anybody out there who reads the manga, this chapter this week was fucking lit. Was it was lit. Oh, lit what week? Home. You got to tell them what week. You don't know. You don't know what. Oh yeah, they don't know what week you're recording. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, don't worry, name, I got you. I got you. I got you. The name of the chapter, I believe, was uh, titled Seventy Five. Seventy five. That's all. I got that's all I'll say. David's got you. He's taking a long time to look at the date. Um, My, hold on. <laughs> yeah, for the week of uh, September seventh. Yes. Yeah, chapter two eighty three. Oh, David was. Oh, that's what he was trying to find. I was like, yeah. well, I think that Mikey brings some great stuff to the table. So, like, um, for those listening that don't know what Samurai Shampoo is, do it upon yourself. Do yourself some justice. Go watch that show. Mikey has every right to put that in his top three. A very, very important show from the last generation and uh, new job is the company yeah if you remember kenny brought it up um during our first episode actually and then obviously mob psycho is another one it's newer uh but definitely deserves a place a lot of people have started to see the how good it is and how much better it is than one punch man right which is the other show by the same guy like mob psycho is literally like the superior show and like nobody puts respect on its name but beside the point, Mikey, we're so excited to have you to come join us and talk anime. We know that it's really your second. It's like you've been surrounded by it your whole life, and now we're forcing you to talk about it for two hours. And it's like it's kind of like torture, is what I've heard. Actually, yeah, this well, is. No, a- I think that's therapy. It's like you know you're surrounded by you're surrounded by your abusive parents, and you talk about it for two hours, and then <laughs> that's how you feel better. Yeah. Oh my god! But yes, tonight we are dedicating an entire recording to the series jojo's bizarre adventure we have to give ourselves some time and space to talk about jojo's hell we might even do a part two maybe even a part three to this podcast because jojo's is such a lengthy and elevated series it's something that really deserves our time to talk about it and we're only covering part one and two tonight we're gonna we're gonna dip our toes in part three since david and mikey have both seen a portion of part three but we're not gonna go much past that so this is really the entry level jojo's podcast right this is the the time for you to just listen take in what is jojo's why should i be watching it why is it important like milestone as an anime why is it important to the anime genre to the shonen genre um so we want to start it off and we want to give you guys a little background because i think that there's sort of there's two camps when it comes to jojo's you're either a super fan because you've seen it all and you love jojo's or you don't give a rip about JoJo's. You've maybe seen it in passing, but you honestly don't care about it and you don't want to be a part of it, right? I think that's kind of your two sides of that coin. Very few people sit in some place where they're like, I know what JoJo's is, I've watched a little bit of it, and I didn't like it, and I moved on. That's a pretty rare occurrence. I feel like once people jump into JoJo's and they give it a shot, they realize, oh my god, what 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 was this guy? Like, was he on mushrooms when he made? Like, what was wrong with him? What drugs led Hirohiko Araki to creating JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and why does it 
why is it so good? I think that's the exact... I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I just feel like when you watch Fucking JoJo's, art. you just have to ask yourself, like, why the fuck did this work so well? Like, why has it persisted for so long, and why is it such a lengthy series? Because if we were to really break it down, JoJo's might be one of the longest running based off of years. I don't know if it... I don't know the exact number, but years-wise, it might be one of the longest running... Um, manga of all time unfortunately it did take some short breaks between certain parts so it can't be the longest continuously running manga because there were breaks between different parts of the manga but it is an incredibly long-running manga that uh, dates all the way back to 1987 33 years and so uh to put that into perspective jojo's adventure is older than all of us (laughs) um we are all nowhere near as old as jojo's um, and Mikey wasn't even bored. There was already five full parts of JoJo's Our Adventure that were created and on the page and done before Mikey was born. Yeah, currently, what exists in anime form <laughs> existed story-wise before Mikey was alive. Was alive. Yeah, like the yeah. story was already com- everything that Mikey can watch as an anime now. It was completed prior to Mikey's birth, and 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 uh, the rest of us. We are all younger than the most iconic series, which is Stardust Crusaders, which ended in 1992. And uh, that was before any of us were born. So why in the world are three, are us four, taking the time to talk about a series that is from the 80s, that has been around for this long, that's older than all of us? What mm-hmm. has made it get us to here? So I do want to lay the, like the landscape of what, what was the world like when JoJo's Bizarre Adventure first aired. Boys, what was going on in 1987? Do you guys have any idea? <laughs> no clue. Uh, so, metal? Rock? Rock yeah, music, rock for sure. Yeah, rock uh, music. Ario Speedwagon. Uh, A lot of... Uh, uh, the Cold War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when did the Cold War happen? <laughs> Wasn't it like an like an important period for for movies, too? Like, a lot of, like, iconic movies were starting to come out? Yeah. Absolutely. Because yep. I know that uh, Mad Max had come out recently because uh, Kinshiro is based off of Mad Max. Right. Um, what do we know about Shonen Jump in 1987? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I don't think any of the big mangas had started coming out. I mean, what? When did Dragon Ball? So start? let's talk about... Oh, no, no, no. Like, Dragon Ball predates JoJo's. Yeah, it's like early Dragon 80s, Ball beats right? JoJo's by just a little bit. So, to put it in perspective for those listening, right, Weekly Shonen Jump is the most popular, unquestionably, the most popular and world-known brand of weekly shonen manga. And if you don't know what the word shonen means, it's essentially, uh, it means manga that's targeting a specific audience. Shonen is young boy, and this is a Japanese word for young boy. It means, uh, it's manga that's created or tailored for young men. So, men in in high school to early college age. That's sort of the target audience for a Shonen Jump manga. And there are tons of weekly Shonen manga magazines that run multiple series in Japan. There are many, many of them, but the most iconic, mm-hmm. the most well-known, the one that's most world-renowned is Weekly Shonen Jump, which is published by Shueisha. Um, so Shueisha is a really big publishing company, and they first started doing Weekly Shonen Jump, get this, all the way back in the late 60s is when Weekly Shonen Jump first took off. But you probably couldn't name... A single series from those early years. I, I know Dr. that for Dr. me. Dr. Slump? Um, so, Dr. Slump is a great one to name, David. Um, and Dr. Slump did not come out until. Let's see here. 
19, no, you're right, 1980. So almost 20 years uh, after the magazine oh. started is when we when first got Astro Dr. Boy, Astro, Astro, Boy Astro Boy was not, then? nope, Astro Boy was not associated with Weekly Shonen Jump. It actually predates it by just a little bit. So wow. for those of you familiar, I'm going to name off a couple that are going to probably blow your minds because these uh, there's a couple of these that you might actually know um, that I think really, really uh, sort of established the genre. So from the 60s and 70s, I know, I personally don't know, like, any of these guys. So, like, these are seriously, like, some niche, specific things. The earliest series that I know comes from the 1972 series Mazinger Z. And I'm sure you guys have yep. at least heard of that um, because it was made by Go Nagai, who actually has a very modern anime that came out. Uh, Mikey, you watched it, actually. What? Devilman Crybaby. Devilman Crybaby. Bruh. Yeah. So, <laughs> my boy, my boy Go Nagai was making manga for Shonen Jump. All the way back in the 70s, long before JoJo's Bizarre Adventure came about. And then you've got a couple more that come around in the 70s, I believe. Let me make sure. Yeah, so that's when Kochikame started, 1976. We oh, talked okay. about Kochikame Why? on a previously podcast. It ran until 2016, everyone. 2016. From 76 until 2016, Kochikame ran. It's a comedy manga about a policeman. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, another one that came pretty recently, or in the 70s, is Ring Ni Kakaro. Came in 1977. Uh, it's the first manga by the iconic manga artist Masami Kuramata. He created Saint Seiya, um, which is one of my top animes of all time. Ring Ni Kakaro was a boxing manga that he did prior in the 70s, uh, so prior to Saint, before Saint Seiya. And then a couple more iconic ones come around in the late 70s, and that's Cobra, um, which is a space adventure series, and Kanikuman. So in the first 10 years of 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 Weekly Shonen Jump, those are the main series that are still. I would say prevalent. I say almost all those are known enough by modern anime fans that uh, that there is at least some fan base still around for some of these shows. Uh, Kanikuman, especially if you don't know what Kanikuman is, it's about re uh, wrestlers. The, the uh, it's like space wrestlers. Uh, Mikey, oh, Kenny, I know you guys know Kanikuman because I used to love it as a kid. Um, yep. Hey, David, do you know what Kanikuman is? Um, do they have any reference in uh, Jump Ultimate Stars? They do, yes. yeah. They've got a character you can play. Then I, I'm sure I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. But you probably know it better as a TV show that aired in America in the 2000s called Ultimate Muscle. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah. Yep. that's what we all. I think just about anyone who grew up in the early 2000s probably at least knows Ultimate Muscle. It was actually more popular in America than in Japan. So then you start to get into the 80s, which is when manga really starts to take off, and it starts to kind of develop, especially in the weekly shonen genre, thanks to one manga series. It starts to go in this direction where the characters are sort of like these uh, power fantasy types of shows, yeah. right? Where, the, where you go from things like Kochikame, where characters are more com comical, there's a little bit more of that along the line, or Ring Ni Kakuro, which the characters are still drawn very slenderly, very anime-esque. Um, and now all of a sudden they start to get He-Man-esque, right? And if you know this, He-Man came out in the 80s as well. There was sort of this fad for these big, beefy characters, and you get the first series that I think Kanikuman kind of predates the series a little bit, um, right. because Kanikuman also drew characters kind of like this. But all of a sudden, in 1983, you get Fist of the North Star, and I think mm. unquestionably JoJo's couldn't exist without Fist of the North Star. JoJo's Bizarre right. Adventure it exists because uh, it, it exists in a pre or you know a post Fist of the North Star world because Fist of the North Star set the precedent of that you could write this series. You could write a manga series that was incredibly, like, ham-fisted, goofy, fun, 
um, but was also just filled with these massive guys that were just punching each other, uh, you know, and, and it, it developed some identity from that. And Hirohiko Araki actually put out his first series, Bayo, in 1984, which was just a year after Fist of the North Star, but that manga was very quickly canceled, so it didn't really work out for Araki. That series didn't really work. Um, it does have some uh, sort of a cult following to this day. Uh, Bayo does. Mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced Bayo. It might be Bao. Um, but And then, 1984, you have Dragon Ball. So Fist of the North Star and Dragon Ball lay the... They lay the 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 cloth for JoJo's to come about. And then you also get shows like Sakigake Orokojoku, which is another very popular sort of comedy manga that has that same style. And then JoJo's in the 80s, late 80s. They and have that's how we uh, Jump Ultimate Stars represented. Oh, yeah, Sakigake. Mm-hmm. All those are represented in Jump Ultimate Stars if you ever get to play it. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. oh, Saint Seiya comes out in there in that same range in the 80s. I think I said mm-hmm. 70s at one point uh, in one of our old podcasts, but no, Saint Seiya is an 80s manga, not 70s. Um, and then you have JoJo's, right? So 1987, the first j- volume of JoJo's hits and part one starts, uh, also known as Vampire Night. Part one is uh, also known Vampire as Night. Night. Yeah. It's Vampire Night. <laughs> right, David? Mike, it really you is, though. You're watching I part love one this show because, because there's vampires in this show. It's, mm-hmm. it's my new favorite show because of David turned on the first episode. He saw vampires. He said, wow. That tickles my fancy. That's exactly what I want. This, what, this is what I've been on? waiting for. I can't, I can't get away from it. Vampire night. I can't <laughs> get away from Vampire night. Well, Mikey, it's, we all know it's, that... It's a forced meme. David loves... It's a forced David, meme. David loves Vampire Night. That's all we know, dude. We don't know what's going yeah. on. Mikey, didn't okay. you think there was a little bit of vampire... You love the vampire lore of JoJo's? But... Is... Wait. Let's be honest. Was Dio really a vampire? No, he was a ripple no, man, bro. No. It's, What's there's a ripple, like, man? There's like I don't know. ancient. There's like ancient forces that are in the mask. I mean, he's vampire esque. He's got like vampire. He just couldn't stand in the day, but he could also, you know, freeze people. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like the main Dracula thing about vampire is that they can't handle the sun and that they they drain blood. So right. it says he does that. It's kind of like you can right. like you know throw and, away. He's a vampire, and they shoot laser beams out of their eyes. That's another and they shoot classic <laughs> vampire <laughs> power. I don't know if everybody mm-hmm. else knows that. They, right, they drop right, the right, temperature right. of your blood cells to. To zero. To zero. To zero. To zero. Zero. Um, okay. So here we are. It's the 80s. JoJo starts up. It gets going. And there's the first part. And that's the part we're going to be talking about later tonight. And then, you know, quickly followed by part two and part three. The first three parts, I want to say the first five parts, are published without much break. Uh, let me right. double check. Yeah, the first five parts run consecutively. They don't take... There's no break. So the first five parts of JoJo's are published... In one go, you know, he does it weekly and weekly Shonen Jump. It is a very standard series that runs in Jump from, and that goes from 1987 to 1999. So this obviously was a super popular manga series, right? A manga doesn't persist in weekly Shonen Jump like that unless it is drawing a significant amount of success. It's drawing merchandise, so on and so forth. So it is a very popular manga series. And what what was common in the time, uh, this time, is that when there was a really popular weekly Shonen Jump, they were quickly adapted into long-running anime series. Saint Seiya, Dragon Ball, Dr. Slump. All of them have uh, Fist of the North Star. All of them have uh, Kanikuman even has a long-running anime series that accompanied the success of these shows. But for some reason, which I don't I don't know if the history is well-known enough, uh, at least from my research, I don't know if there's much information out there about why JoJo's was never given a proper anime adaptation. 
Uh, it never got the same treatment like Kanikuman, like Dragon Ball, but was unquestionably super popular. There was merchandise. There were video games that were made of the series back in the 80s and 90s. There were, I mean, it's still made to this day. There were video games. There was merchandise. You could buy, you know, the manga was selling super hot. You know, there was all this other stuff uh, that JoJo's was doing, but for some reason it was never getting a proper anime adaptation until 1993. And in 1993... Uh, a company by the name of APPP decides that they want to adapt. <laughs> yes, it's APPP. How many P's? Oh, just How many a P's was that, Jerry? Uh, you know, you just a that back. It's a A3P. Three, P, three P's. Three uh, so, show called, or a company called APPP. I only got one P. Uh, not enough P's for me. A company named APPP decides they want to adapt, show, uh, adapt JoJo's. This is in the 19... Uh, 1993 is when we get this show. And what's crazy about this is that they make the what a lot of people consider the biggest blunder of a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime ever. And for some reason, they decide to start at the middle of Stardust Crusaders and do a 13 ep- or a 6 episode. Each episode is 30, 37-ish minutes um, adaptation of just the ending of Stardust Crusaders. So it's just the last half of Stardust Crusaders. They adapted into an anime, and I hate to tell you guys uh, listening and uh, those of you, it was a complete failure. I mean, <laughs> the did not do well, didn't match the art style or the pacing of the manga. People were super disappointed in it, uh, and obviously didn't catch a new a new like audience because mm. duh, like who's gonna watch the back end? It just made no sense, right? Yeah, that that um, choice makes no sense at all. Especially and what's, that in, in particular because. The villain is set up two seasons prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very you weird. Know? So that OVA, which still exists out there, you could actually go find it, those of you listening. That's a 1990s OVA. They made six episodes. It's very interesting. If you get the time, go check it out. Uh, it's very interesting. It's it's worth a little peek, a little little look-see. Um, but, so they do that, and obviously doesn't work out. But uh, Araki's unfazed. He just continues to write the manga. And the manga continues to be a big success in uh, around the world. And uh, it's not until, I believe, I want to say like 2005, uh, when he's doing Still Ball Run, that the manga actually makes a conscious decision to leave Weekly Shonen Jump, um, and it jumps over to the Seinen Ultra Jump magazine that also runs mm-hmm. under Shueisha. So Shueisha moved it over to the Seinen Ultra Jump, which publishes monthly instead of weekly. And so the formatting kind of changes up. But at this point, there was really no adaptation i mean araki was just doing everything at his own pace he was just doing what he wanted he still had an abundance of fans it was selling like really really crazy jojo's was still a hot property but was still not getting very much attention outside of the manga super fans so in the early 2000s appp comes back they said we're sorry about six years ago we made a mistake mm-hmm. we're gonna adapt the first half of Stardust Crusaders. So they didn't adapt part one or two, but they go back and they adapt the first half of Stardust Crusaders, guys. What were they thinking? So they adapt the first uh-huh. half. The style's different. They bring in a different... I want Yeah, different uh. director, different team. They make a whole new... And now they're using 2000s technology, so they're using the... Uh, the 90s one is done in the, the hand-drawn style that you expect from the early... The older anime yep. series. The 2000s prequel is done in the... Uh, you know, the more modern... Uh, computer-generated sort of look that you get in modern anime. Um, so very interesting separation. They published those the prequel version, which makes no sense. It ends on a weird part. Obviously, it's the middle of the series. You have to go back and watch the old one to watch the ending. 
super weird, and so that also just kind of flops. Uh, also still available, you can go find that on the internet as well. And then you get up to uh, one last... Before we get to the, the modern adaptation that we've watched today, there's one last attempt that APPP takes at adapting, uh, at adapting something from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And what they do is... Let me double down and make sure I'm, I'm saying the right stuff. What they do is they back it up, and they decide they're going to adapt. Yep, here we go. They adapt part one. But instead of doing a show, doing a series, APPP says, okay, we're going to do it right this time. We're going to make a JoJo Bizarre Adventure part one movie. So they make a movie um, for JoJo Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood. They turn Phantom Blood into an anime film. And it was a complete, as far as I understand, it was a complete failure. It was pulled from theaters. It's almost impossible to find that movie on the internet. It's super hard to find. It has a very strange, I don't I don't even think it was released on DVD. I want to say, I'll have to do some research, but I want to say it like never got released on home video due to certain issues with it. Uh, they tried to put 44 chapters in like an hour and a half? Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? So I decided to make this movie. The movie doesn't do well. Obviously, APPP finally flops. And for the first time ever, I believe what was happening is APPP was holding on to the animation rights for JoJo's. They most likely got some sort of deal at some point. I'm not sure of the specifics there. Um, but right. at some point in time, leading into 2012, David Production gets their hands on the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure IP. You're and, welcome. And David Production, yeah, it's all David, 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 David. Well, the... the... Phantom Blood movie looks lit, though, low-key. Honestly, I've always wanted to see it, but it's pretty hard to, to track down. Um, the art and, is... The art piques my, my fancy a little bit. So 2007. In 2012, yeah. when David Production sat down to make this show, they had a very, very small resume, okay? They had only adapted a couple anime series up to this point, starting in only 2009 is when the company... The company was founded in 2007, so it's a very, very young anime company. So as you can guess, when this company got their hands on JoJo's Adventure, the fans were worried. They were worried. They said, what is going to happen with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? It's with a work this, of art. Right? They did such and a great job. the rest is essentially history. As of right now today, David Production has produced uh, what I would consider a word-for-word one of the best adaptations of a manga of all time. Uh, they have done five parts as of right now, five of the eight total JoJo's Bizarre Adventure parts. They've adapted it um, in its entirety without messing things up, without going out of order. They did it from the beginning. Episode one, adapting chapter one itself of the series from 1987. And they put that on TV in 2012 and they hoped to God that people would still like it. They right, they crossed their fingers and they mm -hmm. said, I hope to God that people still want to watch this weird show from the 80s. Or, you know, Buddha, you know. Or Buddha. God, Sorry. God is a bit of a bit I was of being, there. yeah, I was being a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a problem. <laughs> you um, dick. <laughs> but, yes, they just hoped, they hoped that it would stick, that something would happen and this would become uh, something important. And uh, the rest is history. Uh, at this it point like, in time. It's like panel-to-panel adaptation. It's, it is so. The JoJo's adaptation oh, has finally perfect. given. The, that series, a series that has been a huge mainstay in shonen manga since the 80s, it has finally given the sh that series all of the justice it deserves. No more shitty adaptations, no more waffling around. 
the appropriate amount of, of time and effort put into creating something good, and they have adapted that series for all of us to enjoy now. And that is why, because in 2012, David Production decided to do this, that is why four guys who were born long after this series was created are sitting around talking about it, because we have all had the pleasure of being able to finally get to enjoy it in its entirety and enjoy it. And, and for those of you who don't know, Kenny and I are longtime fans. We've been watching JoJo since it aired. I actually have been a fan of JoJo's since before the 2012 series. Um, Kenny and I had watched portions of the OVA. We played with the yeah. characters in video games. I'm about um, to say, Jotaro and Dio, I think, are the strongest characters in Jump Ultimate Stars. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. Dio's so fucking... And Mikey exactly. also obviously when knew when about JoJo's. Little, when I was little, I, I knew... Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure from because I would play Jump Jump Stars with you guys and yes. Stars, mm-hmm. and yeah, Jotaro w- went ham. Dio was broken. He would <laughs> Dio would he would throw this this tractor on top of you and cover <laughs> half the screen for his ultimate. Yeah. And <laughs> of course, you know, nine year old Mikey was like, "That guy, I need to I need to see that guy." So when I was little, I remember I like looked up the the like YouTube videos of mm. the final fight from the original OVA. The OVA. So like I I've definitely seen those like more than once. Right. I'm like, it's Bruh. weird. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. So we were fans of the show before. Um unfortunately I don't think when we were kids we ever watched the OVA all the way through. Um which is weird to think about. We've definitely seen clips of it our whole lot like since we were I was in like middle school when I first found it guys. So like, you guys were even younger. Um so David and I were like middle schoolers and Thibodeau, I don't know if you remember, but Ian Zachary, he actually used to buy the Stardust Crusaders, the volumes, like the manga volumes. Yep. He used to have them. Um, so, we, you know, David and I had another friend in high school who had the the manga. So long before the 2012 adaptation uh, came around, we were all in at least aware and slight fans or at least of interest of JoJo. So when the 2012 adaptation came along, uh, we made it, made it a point to watch all of it. Kenny and I did. Um, we actually watched it with Troy uh, the first time Troy? I watched it. Troy watched the whole thing with us, David. Um, so we had yep. an opportunity to sit down and watch it when it first came out. I think I waited until the Twin Twelve show was over, and then we marathoned the whole thing. The first season, so part one and two. Um, but since then, I've been watching it weekly. So, you know, I watched part three, four, and five weekly as they came out. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I- I've made it a point to never read the manga so I don't spoil myself. I get to enjoy the anime as it comes out. And it's crazy thinking that you can now walk inside of you can walk in Hot Topic and you can literally look on the walls and they sell JoJo's Bizarre Adventure merch. I bought a um I don't know if I have it. Technical mm, difficulties. Mm, if this is still recording, mm, put this mm, in the final mm, version. Oh, oh, Everybody wants oh, to rap mm, when there's a microphone oh, in front oh, of their mouth. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah, the yeah. Mikey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look at this. Yeah, so this cool, uh, cool. uh this was been a couple months back. I bought oh, this. I love that. I bought this at Hot Topic. This was just an item at Hot Topic. I got it uh, a couple months back at Hot Topic, and this is crazy. Wait, where'd right? you, wait, Jerry, where'd you get it from? It's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, Hot Topic. Um, uh, Hot Topic sponsored the Uncensored Anime Podcast. We we promise uh, we won't do anything wrong or bad. No, give, I'm us money. <laughs> give, give us money. Give us money. But it's crazy that give you can walk inside money. of a store that's just readily available in all malls across America, and you can find things like that just in the store readily. You know, JoJo's was never that in America, right? It was always a big deal in Japan, a big deal in other countries. It was never that here until the 2012 series, and it has reignited. It has made people fans of a show that was created 
just again to put it in perspective, this thing came out in 1987, boys. That is 33 years ago. 33 years. I ago. mean, it's a cultural it's- phenomenon now. When I when I look through um, all of Reddit, yeah, shit post crusaders gets oh, you know that. <laughs> That that r slash shitpost crusaders is a is a like a staple of Reddit now. A staple. I mean, <laughs> I love it's it. Hilarious. I think I the the animation of it makes it look so modern. So you don't even like think, oh, this is like an older anime or whatever. Like right. it just the animation looks so crisp. It looks so good that you don't it, question it. How old it is? Right. You just it, watch it and you're like, damn, these big ass motherfuckers are just punching people with their. <laughs> Shadows and shit. This is dope. Whoa! It appeals, it appeals to my male fantasy. It really does. I'm <laughs> it like, really does. it really do. <laughs> and they like, be uh, attacking. It's odd to think about. Like now, it's seen as like historical, but like each of the time periods set for each series was the current time period. Like, not, well, part nah, one, not, part, not one, part one, one predates. It's part, but part two was set in essentially then, the 80s, which is when it was made. And um, part no. three was set in part two's night. in the 40s. Part two's the in the like 30s. 40s. Oh, it's like it's like during World War. I think II. that's what made. No, it's post war. It's post war, but you're right. It's a little bit before the 80s. It's not until part three that the timelines match up, Kenny. Part wow. three is the first one in modern time. You're right, but then it, they are all in modern. It was it was not only modern; it was also the first one in Japan. So I bet people, you know, yeah. readers in Japan were like, finally, you know, it's it, it's our time period, and it's got our Japanese boy. Mm-hmm. And our main character is a high schooler. Like, come on! Ooh, they said, ladies love him. Like, they said, yeah. "Oh, show me." I mean, Jotaro is like, mm. Mm, he kind of. Mm, <laughs> he kind of he 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 scrumptious, dude. He kind of scrumptious. Nah, y'all sleep. But he's seventeen though, so that's a trap. Okay. Okay, so he's seventeen, but he's larger than all three of us stacked on top of each other. Giant. He is literally four of us. His fucking shoulders are like orbs. Jesus, the style. Okay, so, yes, that's it. That's the context that JoJo's exists in. It's a show that was made in the the era of beefy boys that was that was the 80s that has somehow persisted for 33 years. It has grown to be a cultural phenomenon. It started in Japan, and it wasn't until 2012 when David Production gave us this magical masterpiece that we are here today watching and enjoying and reviewing this beautiful show. So I think that it's only right, boys, we start with... Part 1, Phantom Blood. We gotta give it the attention it deserves. In anime form, it is only a 10-episode part, right? So it was animated into 10 episodes, and it, it totals, what, 44 chapters of manga, I yeah. think? It's like 4 yeah. chapters and Just sidebar, it's 1938 is, is, this, is part, part 2. Part 2? Oh, okay, yeah. so yeah. So pre-World War II. Yeah. yeah. So it's not until Part 3 that it matches the time period to, like, modern times. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, yeah, so part one, Phantom Blood, David Production finally gave it its faithful adaptation uh, in 2012 as the first half of the first season of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, anime series. And that's what the boys watched this week. Well, Mikey watched it a little bit ago. David watched it this week. Kenny and I both had to refresh ourselves this week to set the stage for this episode, but we have watched it a long time ago, um, but got ourselves prepped up. So I want to hear from Mikey first off. Um, Mikey, give us your opinion you got sat down and finally got to watch part one of Joseph's Bizarre Adventure. Right. What, what was... Go the story? So, oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Kenny can set the... Before we get it... Uh, you're right, Mike, Kenny, sorry. 
Can you tell us what it's about? Tell us a very brief, what is part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure about? So part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure starts with two families. One is which, uh, one is Dario Brando and his son, Dio. And one is George Joestar and his son, Jonathan. And the story about how Dio Brando, after finding a ring that was given to his father through uh, sort of uh, scrupulous means, uh, mm-hmm. he finds and finds the Joestar Manor and says, take me in as your son. And this man, Dio, is not a good dude. He's not an okay dude. He's kind of a piece of shit. And <laughs> He's a piece of shit. And my boy Jonathan is the perfect, most naturally loving and caring individual. And they and Jonathan is an archaeologist, and he finds this this stone mass. And after some time passes, they grow up and graduate college. And Jonathan finds out that this mask, if it blood drops onto it, these claws come out. And it turns out, whenever that happens, if you have it on your face, you turn into a vampire. I guess. Um, this is JoJo's bizarre adventure, and so Dio gets some blood on this mask, puts it on his face, turns into a vampire, and then just tons of weird shit starts happening. <laughs> Guys karate chop through frogs, uh, through they smash each other through walls, uh, heads that, throw Mikey? roses... Mikey, what was that part? Yeah. Oh, the, the with the guy's head that gets chopped off, yeah. dude. Uh, head throw roses with uh, breathing energy, even though they're just heads in a flower pot. Right. Um, he also talks and winks and then disappears into dust. <laughs> yeah. After being frozen. Yeah. People survive after their heads are cut off. Dio, in particular, survives multiple times after very truly it seems like he's dead. Jesus um, His head literally gets chopped off and he's like... Yeah, I'm still here. So, I'm still here, <laughs> Mikey. We want to hear your first. So, opinion. Mikey, yes, we we like to start the shows with uh with a little yeah. bit of just your first. What what was your feeling when you finished uh the part one of JoJo's? Right. So I went into part one of JoJo's already sort of knowing what happens in part three. Mm. Starter Crusaders. Um, I had definitely watched some even the newest adaptation of Starter Crusaders before. I have de- have de- I have seen the newest last few episodes, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen, but this was a long time ago. I wasn't necessarily paying attention. Maybe like Kenny had it on, and I was just like watching in the corner of my eye or whatever. And so I already understood that this show spirals into some of the most ridiculous scenes I've ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. like you know, a dog running around with a giant magical thing behind him. Um, so I went into this knowing that, but it starts off, uh, it's, it's mundane. It's a little mundane. Mm. Um, and the first episode is a little, it's a little slow, but I think by the end of at least the first episode, um, Dio puts the dog in the oven and cooks him and it's, um, kind of, it's like he's an evil, evil man, but there was like almost no motivation for it. There's no, I, I'm not. I was very confused on on why he was doing that. And what I noticed very quickly is that this show, to me, felt like almost like an ad lib game. <laughs> like he was sitting around with his friends or something, and he went, he went, and the main protagonist 
was was a part of what type of group? And he was like, boxing group. He's a part of a boxing group that that is located by the river. And yep. and by you know, the like river. A, a fill in the blank ad lib. Like there, <laughs> there's almost no connection for anything that goes on at all. And we we trek through this. Just, I mean, it's the bizarre adventure. It's a bizarre adventure. Mm-hmm. And another thing that really kind of upset me is that both Jonathan Joestar and Dio Brando are they're buffoons. <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine. Okay, like the cool part about Tom and Jerry, like they're you know they're they hate each other or whatever, but they're like really smart animals. Mm-hmm. Imagine Tom and Jerry with really dumb humans. You know, like they—they <laughs> they really There were so many opportunities for Dio Brando to kill the uh, Jonathan's dad, take the and, and blame it on Jonathan, and make it all seem like it was his fault. Like, like there was a time when he was going to go get like an antidote. Dio should have just stayed back and killed the dad. And they made it seem like natural causes took him or whatever, like suffocating. Mikey was thinking. Mikey was three D chessing. He was like, no, no. I don't. Dio's a horror. He he's super evil, but his brain he has no IQ points. His brain don't (laughs) work. Not understand. And then you know Jonathan just he just walks. You know he caught a blade with his hand. Like I must do the most correct, noble thing. For no reason, and. It was it was frustrating to watch them both <laughs> fail at being a hero and both fail at being a villain. It's like that's where they connect connected is that they both were just like stupid. Like mm-hmm. um, that was uh yeah season one was pretty ridiculous and then <laughs> it was uh, pretty ridiculous. Season one, the first like four episodes, it was like. They're in London and and they're very homely and and then like this like after I watched Jonathan like pulverized Dio into the burning house so he was like pushing him back in the burning house which from the top of the burning house to the bottom where Dio landed on on the like the statue of, of the sword mm-hmm. was a a four and a half minute fall. Somehow they were falling <laughs> for four and a half minutes. And they had conversations. They had they had strategy. Bro, they had a full day on inside his head. We heard what was going on inside inside of Dio's head. <laughs> and, Bro. Um that's fantastic. That doesn't even kill him. It evolved no, it didn't, because he's Dio, because he Dio. He had the blood. He took. He t- used the mask. I don't know, magical mask. Magical he, mask. What's what's Jim Carrey or whatever in the mask? The special. This show is not much different than Jim Carrey's mask. Mike said it's like Jim Carrey's the mask. Then there are these two undead warriors that I don't know. Baron Zeppeli showed up. He was like, actually, I can teach you magic. I'm like. Yep. Breathing magic, the ripple, bro. Magic. Mm-hmm. Baron Zeppeli came in looking like he was about to literally sell me cocaine and on the streets of Nevada. Like he mm-hmm. had like a giant top hat, like a, a coat. Like everything was like weirdly designed. Um, right. 
God. God. <laughs> it's so what? wild. Weird show, man. I wish I, I wish I understood. Jerry earlier was like, was he on shrooms? This show feels like you were you were snorting cocaine while you're watching it. Um which definitely is harm- harmful for your body, but oh, uh, does it make you high? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. um, I definitely it- kept attempting to outdo itself. Like, I think that, like, he understood. He was like, okay, Shonen Jump mangas are ridiculous by nature. They're ridiculous. There's no reason for these you know, metrosexual men to to be fighting in, in space, you know. Dragon right. Ball Z, there's no reason for this, you know, penis looking alien Frieza to be catching a giant energy beam. Mm-hmm. So Shonen Jump by nature is a little ridiculous. And he wanted it's like he wanted to see he kept, you know, at every turn, he was like, how ridiculous and how how ridiculous can it be? How ridiculous can I make this? Mm-hmm. And so every episode, it turned up the it turned up the bizarre meter. It just kept ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. And from what I've watched thus far, it, it stays true to that. It will continue to try <laughs> to make it more bizarre. Every episode, it tries to be like, was that bizarre? Tell me it was bizarre. Did we do something wacky this episode? <laughs> Guess what? Tell me. Is the stand is the stand a coffee cup? Is who knows, <laughs> who knows where the stand is? Who is the stand? Um, this is before me. stands. It was still crazy know, before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long before stands. It was. I was about to say uh, Jack the Ripper shows up, and then like, oh yeah, I forgot Jack the Ripper was in Jonathan there. Jonathan punches a guy through a wall. He's like, oh, I just figured it out. I just send my ripple through the wall. The blast. And you're like, what? Figured oh, it out. Figured so, it out. David. Oh Jesus Christ. Um. David, this was also your first time. Jer, are we boring you? No, no, Jesus yawning? Christ, no, it's just late. Um, David, this I'm was also your too. first time watching Phantom Blood. Yes. So, yes, what was, was your first take in, other than what Mikey put? Well, Mikey laid it out. Mikey, yeah, so- Tom and Jerry, but they're humans. That was the it's, best. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, this cat, you know, this cat. If you haven't watched Phantom you know, Blood, there it is. But it's it's like <laughs> same thing. They both suck at the game. They yeah. both can't win. Okay, yeah. David, yeah. So again, first time watching Man of Blood, what did you think? What was the yeah. takeaway? What was the So overall I really enjoyed it. I think it made sense to me in the beginning as they're like building up these like setting up these characters. Like Dio's obviously the he's the bad guy. He's been fucked over fucked over a lot in life. His mm-hmm. dad, he hates his dad, he blames his dad on everything that he's been dealing with. Right. And Joseph uh, or not Jonathan. Joseph, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan Joestar is, you know, he's he's living a pretty well life, but you can tell he suffers from loneliness. He doesn't really have a lot of friends. His best friend is a dog, which, you know, rip to that dog. Yeah, but, rip, um, rip, rip to the dog. Rip, Honestly, this guy loves to, to kill dogs to show that that, that people are villains. I, like, I yes. think watching JoJo's, I think I've seen like four dogs die so far. Araki has realized the one way he in anyone's dogs. heart is it, the one way to make you hate a villain: make the villain kill a dog, and everyone will be like, "Fuck that guy." Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I think it was like episode one. So seeing Dio, like obviously, I. I so go okay. So going into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the only prior knowledge of this entire series that I had was Jotaro and Dio from Jump Ultimate Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I didn't know anything at all about the, the plot, the story, any other character. So I went into it pretty blind. 
And so seeing Dio, I was like, yeah, he's evil, but he looks pretty badass. Dio's design is really cool. Very cool. And, and then the second he he like jumps out of the car, uh, as he's um, when he gets to the the Joe Stars mansion for the first time, yeah. he's like, "Hey, let me live with you. I I'm homeless. Please help me out." Um, he like jumps out of the car all fancy like, and then the dog runs up to him, and then he knees the dog in the face. And you, I was to- like, "Damn." Fuck Dio. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's it's the perfect yeah, I mean it's like the perfect reason, like like you said, if you want you know your audience to hate a character, just show them abusing animals. Yeah, literally You'll literally. It's the yeah. one universal thing that we all know. It's like that guy abuses animals, I hate that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so going through going through the first ten episodes, it like like things made sense. Um, I was waiting for when they were going to, to introduce that, you know, that mechanic that every anime has, where some kind of explanation to their supernatural powers. Right. And then uh, Hamon was said, introduced. And you got a half episode where they played college uh, rugby. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was after like the like mini time skip that they. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 But after, um, we introduced the mechanic after the time skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it was because uh, it was after Dio became a vampire was when he started discovering him, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. So as we've said, you know, Dio puts the mask on his face. He gets blood on it. He turns into a vampire. He walks up a wall sideways. Yeah. And then <laughs> somehow, um, Jonathan's able to st- keep up with him without any. Like Hamlin Powers, yeah. The first yeah. kind the of first yeah fight between them is just Jonathan. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because Dio goes from like instant like power up badass like right when he becomes a vampire. I don't know if he's like still discovering his powers or whatever, but right. so somehow Jonathan gets out of that and then he runs into Baron and then he learns Hammond. Yeah, uh, he forms the, the group, his posse, and then they go battle Dio. Yeah, with Robert Edward O. Speedwagon. Hey, Speedwagon, though! Can we just talk about Speedwagon for a little bit? I it's think Speedwagon is, like... I think it was a, a Akari's, like, a, like a like plot device of just, like, if there's anything I need, I'll just use Speedwagon. I think it he mainly uses it mostly in part two yeah. for, like, money-related things. Right, he's like, hey... Well, he uses it a lot in part three, though. The Speedwagon Foundation still funds everything. Yeah, yeah. They're like, so oh, we're a... on a plane, a fucking car. He know. lets Speedwagon be that thing that, yeah, I mean. Yeah. But I, um, like, I love Speedwagon in the first part, though. I think that he's one of the more yeah. endearing characters. Yeah. He's, uh, Mikey said it uh, earlier. He's like the perfect, uh, uh, like, announcer. He's right, just like in right. all so, the, the battles. He's just on the side, just like shouting what's happening instead yeah, of a world tournament. Happen. The world tournament, yeah. a real life announcer, ever. Instead, Speedwagon's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, he's using his hair to deflect the hormone. What will happen next?" I'm oh, like, <laughs> "This guy don't got no powers. Uh, he got money, I think. I don't know. He just there. <laughs> he's just there. At that no. point, he's just there. He's just he's got a scar. He got he's respect, got... Mikey. He got respect. <laughs> damn it. Yep. Yep. Oh, he he's he's, he's literal Krillin. He's the Krillin. Oh, um, <laughs> and then getting to the end when they they battle Dio, and then they think they get the slip on him, and you know you think it's a happy ending, and I was not expecting. Um, and of course, spoilers for the viewers out there. 
Um, but I was not expecting Jonathan to die at the end of part one. That that really surprised me. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw right. Baron Zeppeli die because right, yeah. uh, I I wasn't used to the Zeppeli oh, and so, Jonathan. Yeah. Just to be clear, just to be clear, there um, he originally did not expect to write anymore. Yeah, he originally yeah. wrote wrote the oh, first really. One. Yeah, he wrote the first one as if you know, that was the end of his bizarre story mm-hmm. and did not expect to be picked up for more, to write more in that world. Mm-hmm. So that's oh. why it kind of felt like that that cap. So it was originally supposed to be like, that was it. Like, that was supposed to be all yes. the yes. I think his whole thing was like, he wanted like he wanted to continue to make manga, but they were like, hey, we, we only want you to make JoJo's. And he was like, okay, I'll just change the whole story. Like, he was like, I'll, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, it looks like it took um, about a month between the the finale of part one before he came back and wrote the first chapter of part two. So, oh wow! Um, he did take some a little bit of time. It wasn't a lot, but he took a little bit of time before he started into another part. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we're, we'll get we'll get into part two later, but mm-hmm. I think he like beautifully picked up the things that happened in part one and was able to have like a. I really like, have uh, to like a closer. Use the go, go. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. Go do it, Mikey. We'll keep talking through it, dude. Yeah. Mikey's headed to the bathroom, boys. <laughs> but yeah, keep going, David. But no, I was just saying, I think he tied up like the loose ends of part one beautifully in part two with yeah. um, the baby that uh, Arena saved and uh, the, the whole connection of part two's plot to Dio in the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but but speaking about part one, I liked it. I think it was a great, um, you know, a great build up to the to the whole JoJo's universe. I think it was. I was impressed that it didn't. The pacing didn't feel like anything was rushed. I didn't like right. notice any weird pacing, even though mm-hmm. it's forty four chapters and ten episodes, which is yeah, pretty it's impressive. Going very fast. Yeah, it's essentially yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially fast. adapting four to five chapters an episode, which yeah. is um, pretty quick. To, to say the least, right? Um, yeah. You the reason I think that it it actually works well with JoJo's is because that the manga was a pretty action paced series, right? So you know, in mm-hmm. a nineteen to twenty page chapter, there was a lot of action, which can be depicted very quickly in anime form. Um, it'll it allows for a series like that to be adapted and still feel really nicely paced when you're when you uh, pace it up. Something I just read on the wiki that I thought was really interesting is that during Araki's publication of this manga, um, he was told by Shuisha that uh, JoJo's was not the best of the best, that it was the not the not in that category, you know, that it didn't fit with Dragon Ball and Fist of the North Star. It Damn, was, they told it, him that straight up. They told him that. And that kind of cracks me up because I think that uh, now it is the best of the best, right? JoJo's is now potentially one of the greatest manga right. series to come from the 80s. and I feel like he was making fun of Dragon Ball. I feel like he was making yeah. fun of... No, I think no question about the it. You're right. You're 100% right, Mikey. And I think that that's where... I don't think he was even hiding that. With a title like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Like, yeah. he, I think he was so on board with parodying the genre that was making Shonen so popular that that's exactly what right. he wanted to do. It's not a genuine parody because... It no. also falls into the same tropes of of those series, but it was certainly a it was certainly like a meta look at what right. those series were doing. And it's not that, as um, uh, put together as 
something like One Punch Man. It was it, it, One Punch Man is our modern, really good parody, Which really is a parody. good um, satire of of the uh, genre. Mm-hmm. But back, I felt like this this was almost starting and be and starting to think about um, parodying the whole thing and and sort of an older One Punch Man esque feel to it yeah Mm -hmm. um the one problem is that it didn't we didn't necessarily get a character that's like one punch man that directly tells the the viewers that uh you know this this whole world's ridiculous and i think it's ridiculous instead we're just we're shown a super ridiculous world in hopes that that lands that that we understand i'm about to say it takes itself entirely seriously Right. Yeah. Even though what is going on, right. even if Dio is shooting lasers out of his eyes and turning people into eyes, it, everybody in that moment is very serious about what's going on. Right. And, and I think that's what makes it so so good. Yeah, that's the humor of that. Iraqi's attempt with that. I think he had hope. I, I don't think hope. I think he had a vision for what this was. Right. Like when he sat down, he said, "I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm going to do what they do, but better than them. I'm going to do it." Uh, it's going to be so insane, so ridiculous, and people are going to love it. I think that's part of what this was. Like he was like, "I, I'll prove that I can do this stupid shit." You know, I can do this, right. and I can do it just as good. You know, and that's what Phantom Blood really feels like. It feels like a Rocky just saying, "Like, like fuck Fist the North Star. I can, ma- I can make this. Um, make a, a, a blue haired giant buff. Uh, yeah, man that it's not that hard. Anything that he, it's his fist." His yeah, fist yeah. can beat everything. Yeah. <laughs> Relationship problems? Punch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that even Hamon as a power structure... I mean, it's clear that he was parroting Fist North Star in some ways. When you get into part three and, and Star Platinum says... Oh, 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 oh. I mean, that yeah. is a direct... I, I mean, he pretty much just lifted that right out of Fist the North Star. And that's right. that makes sense. And that was... All, I, again, again, I think it was all intentional. He was like, but, if they can do it, I'll do yeah. it too, you know? Yeah. Obviously... Jonathan Joestar's design is based on Kinshiro. Oh, yeah. He literally I mean, looks like Kinshiro, yeah. He looks exactly like him. Yeah. It's not until much later that, that Araki's style starts to really, like, seep in, right? So I think that right. at first it really looks a lot like Hakuda no Ken, uh, Fist North Star, and then it slowly becomes more stylish, right? It becomes more artsy, it becomes more focused on modern brands, more... And there's um, a... Uh, it's like fit. a distinct swap in part four where he almost redesigns all the characters it uh, mm-hmm. in particular koichi um gets a, a huge even though this doesn't happen in anime because they just use his post design but he fully gets a redesign oh, he, yeah. like he he's totally redesigned into a new character basically mm-hmm. after a certain point in part four which uh which we're not talking about today but uh right not part four, no and <laughs> okay. obviously and, you know, he wrote it. He's been writing it for 30 years. So, obviously, his art gets better right. and better and better. He's a talented artist. A so, very talented artist. I don't know if we need to rank these the JoJo's parts. Because I think that all of us have sort of accepted that, like, Phantom Blood, in some ways, sort of transcends... It's not that it transcends criticism. Certainly, it's going to draw criticism. But it's definitely one of those things that, like, you don't watch it and sit there and go, like, hmm, yes, the... The the art, animation, and music were were offbeat here, and the pacing really th- you know it's the series that you don't that when you're taking it in it's a little tough to it's a little tough to kind of gauge it that way. 
So I don't know if we need to give mm. these two parts or three parts. If you don't get that it's that it's brain dead beat em up, then I think that there is a pro I think that's more your problem. Yeah. Then you know, it doesn't even you don't even need to talk about it too much to be like, okay, this is this yes. is this is a ridiculous show. Mm-hmm. What what makes Phantom Blood work so well and why it it's still I mean it's like David said, he literally just said, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like I watched those ten episodes and it was I, I liked it. Um, I liked and, it, yeah. And and I think Mikey even though, even though Mikey did a great job acknowledging sort of what the bumps are of Jojo you know, it's it's this ridiculous or that ridiculous, it's this funny. But uh we all have to hand it to and you guys can say what you want. David Production captured the vision of JoJo's in a way that I never imagined, with the color palettes, the the artistry of it, the way that it adapts. It, it looks just like the manga. I mean, to be yeah. honest, like it looks lifted right out of the manga pages. The art style simply just adapts what's there, and it's it's on such a low. If you guys didn't know, JoJo's was made on a very low production budget at first. Not anymore. They have a big production budget now, but the cool. first season uh, had a very low production budget uh, because they didn't have a lot of faith in David Productions' ability to create something of quality, and um, jo- that's where. Uh, the color changes that happen comes from because they had a low budget. So that was like one of their methods for like making the action more intense um, or for being able to uh, like get rid of the background so that they can make uh, cleaner lines for the animations. There's, there's some history there. So I thought that was super interesting. It's become a stylish stylistic choice that um, whoever made that decision in the anime company deserves a lot of props. Cause I think now we equate that, as like a JoJo's thing, right? It's a thing that JoJo's yep. has done um, and will continue change. to do, which is so cool. It's so cool. Um, but it's Phantom- really easy to enjoy. It really, really <laughs> yeah. is. Phantom Blood is one of those shows you can turn on episode one and you'll be done with it in a hot, like you, those 10 episodes, you can digest them so fast. Like it is such a quick watch. I think I just, binged it in one night. Yeah. The, the first 10 are really just such an easy watch and you just want to know, like, it's just compelling enough that you just want to know. Like you just like, is like, Jonathan gonna beat this? Du- like what the f- like right. the Jack the Ripper? Yeah. I mean, I think the most compelling part is it's like, okay, but let, this episode he killed a dog. What is he gonna do next episode? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. gonna he's gonna walk up a wall next episode. Okay, what? okay. What's the next bizarre thing? You keep asking yeah. yourself like, how can Araki top himself in the next episode? And that's uh-huh. that's what keeps you coming back and uh, makes Phantom Blood such a piece. Yeah, David. With, with, I just remembered when uh when Jonathan does the spin and he gets the fire on his fist. Yes, <laughs> that dude. shit was hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he was like, oh, ice. I got fire. Right. Yeah. He just punches yeah. right through it. Yep. Oh, God. Beautiful. Why not? I love that. Um, that fight was, like, ridiculous. It was... I, I think, like, for me, like, the plot is, like, man, but the animation yeah. is so it's fucking good. good. It just makes me want to keep I watching, no matter how movie. ridiculous it gets. Yeah. For... The plot reminds me of, like, a Captain America comic book. You know, it's just, like, very classic good versus evil. Um, here's this very righteous character... Here's this character that that kills dogs, right? And one's a fucked up uh, immortal vampire, and one is like the captain of his rugby team at, in college, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Rocky was like, here's these two guys. They they represent 
the absolute evil and the absolute good, and they're going to fucking fight, and you're going to enjoy it, okay? <laughs> and and also, they've got laser beams and ice breath and me- breathing magic and fire punches and magical. literally magic, literally Never, everything. They're throwing roses. But yeah, Phantom, right, right, Blood, right, right, right. Phantom Blood sets the stage for a series that can only get weirder. And yep. that's that's um, that's exactly where why it's so Wait, easy. Uh-huh. I think I know what you're gonna say. You son of a bitch. Let's <laughs> talk about part two. <laughs> you guys see what he did there? Hey, was that lame? Yeah, no, that, was, <laughs> that was good. That was Kenny good hit us with a joke today. Kenny Anyone like that? Joke? Kenny... Rate, rate the joke in the comments below. One, yeah, one to three. Hey, get okay. Get in the comments. Get no, in the okay, comments. so. Um, Kenny, you're right. That's I was transitioning into the next part. Sorry, um, but boys, did you have closing thoughts on Phantom Blood? I think that, um, like David said, the pacing works because of the speed of the manga chapters. The art and animation is so good on such a low budget; it's really easy to just look at and be kind of in awe. Matches the manga to a T. Um, the storyline is honestly meh. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. But that's sort of the flair of JoJo's. It's what makes it. It's what makes it JoJo's, right? Like, it's there to be absurdist and uh, and fun with characters that we like to and in, in like and enjoy. And then, uh, you know, if you're not enjoying it after part one, uh, I don't know if I would say you might enjoy the later parts because it just gets crazier and the stories get more succinct. Is the word I would use? The stories actually, I think the storylines for JoJo's get a little bit cleaner as the show goes on to the where part five to me has one of the better the words storyline <laughs> and i just feel like this story does not is not a line it's, it's <laughs> like a, it's got it's got asymptotes in there it's like it's like three different parabolas on you're top right, of each right. other but the story uh <laughs> i guess what i'm saying oh, is yeah by the shit. time you're in part five part five as a as a concentrated story, which we're not talking about part five yet today, but part five. So if you really didn't enjoy part one, there is hope that you might enjoy one of the later parts. And that's something I want to give hope to anyone that's trying it because Araki constantly changes his formula in each part, right? Part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. They all function a little bit differently with the same like general idea of like, we're going to be a meta look at really buff guys beating the shit out of each other. But yep. they, you know, part four is a, a mystery thriller, which is something that's really different, which we're not, again, not going to talk about. And part five is a completely different conceptual sort of mobster sort of, it's a whole nother look at a shonen manga. Um, part three is literally monster of the week. I mean, it's the Ultraman, the Power Rangers style of storytelling where it's literally like monster of the week. Um, uh, it feels like Dora the Explorer to <laughs> like me. Like Dora the Explorer, bro. Um, <laughs> But in uh, part two is is kind of got its own, and so if you really didn't dig part one, and I'm happy that David Production released part one and two as one big thing because I think if you watch part two, you're going to see the second side of JoJo's, the second the second vision of that. Okay, guys, was there any other thoughts on Phantom Blood before we jump into? As in, like, I think that Phantom Blood, like, I think each one sort of takes its tropes exactly from a particular storyline. I think part one mm. really leans into the Dracula Castlevania style of. Hey, right. we gotta go raid this castle and kill this vampire. Like, oh yeah, yeah. was Castlevania out at this point? So, uh, I think it came out mid eighties. Yeah, but it also it may as well have been a video game. I mean, <laughs> but it, it's it's that you know 
I'm a big wow. buff guy. I gotta go kill some vampires. Eighty six. Eighty six. A year before JoJo's came out, I bet it had uh, something to do with it for sure. Yeah. Very much. They have some similarities, some overlap there. And when did uh when did Vampire Night come out? Because I wonder if that. No. I'm yeah. Joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, vampire. Sorry, I go what? David, I'm gonna be honest. I I feel for you, man. I don't know why they keep doing this to you. Oh my god. Okay, so difficulties. Yes, we lost Kenny. We lose Kenny sometimes on these podcasts. We me and Kenny are in the same house. We try to just live through it. Um, Another week of Kenny disconnecting randomly in the middle of the show. So, closing thoughts on part. Kenny, that was a great closing thought on Phantom Blood. David, Mikey, you guys, this is your first time. Well, sorry, yeah, we. It's just a great show to talk about, but it's it's good. It's liked it. Like part two more though, Mikey. Part one. I think it's a. Just as you watch each part. You saw that part where he where where Jonathan stabbed Dio inside his chest, and then there was actually fire at the other end of the sword, and so the fire heated him up, and it was and it let him get out of the ice move that the uh, that Dio was using on his arm, and then I don't know what happened. They kicked him off the side of the edge, and then Dio shot laser beams trying to kill him with just his head out, and then and then somehow he lived. Yeah, that show awesome, bro. That show fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> damn, 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 Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so let's do it, boys. Let's it's likable trash, man. It's likable trash. It's likable. Battle yeah, tendency. That's pretty accurate. Okay, so let's jump into part two. So uh, Battle tendency picks up in the first season of the anime, episode 11. This is when Battle tendency starts. So if you're trying to jump in, jump jump along. It's, this is technically in season one, but it's part two of the manga. You know, there's a one-month break between part one and two before this manga started uh, serialization. So uh, just understand that uh, when you're jumping into it. But part two picks up a uh, pretty good amount of time into the into the future. Kenny, you want to give us the battle tendency breakdown? Yeah. Do you, so, you got it? So we are introduced to this guy, and his name is Joseph Joestar. John, and each, Joseph, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Joseph Joestar. And each series, obviously, is marked by their JoJo. And Joseph Joestar is the grandson of Jonathan Joestar. And he's sort of this, like, piece of shit kid who, like, does whatever the fuck he wants and, like, literally, like, gets into a fight with a cop and, like, hits some shit on his eye. And he he naturally can use the ripple somewhat, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he can use he can use the Hamon um, naturally somewhat. Uh, and you find out slowly that uh, Joseph's dad dies in the war, in World War One, I, I believe, because we're just before World War II. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... This dude that we knew from the first series straight shows up, and guess what? He's a fucking vampire. And then we're like, what? And then they do an archaeological dig, and they find all these dudes, and they start calling them the Pillar Men, and they're not vampires. They're other creatures. They're They're ancient. Aztecs. Immortal rock men. (laughs) Yeah, they're ancient rock men, and they accidentally bring them all back to life, and our boy Joseph Joestar and uh, a couple of different dudes, like uh, Caesar Zappelli, mm-hmm. uh, Baron Zappelli's son or grandson. I don't remember. I think grandson. I think it's grandson. also grandson. grandson. Yeah. Um, are They are set on this quest to defeat these basically gods <laughs> that exist. And Joseph is – I, I want to start – Joseph is just – 
totally and absolutely different than what Jonathan was. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally like night and day. It's like, oh, here's Joseph Jostar, this weird motherfucker who fires a Tommy gun into a restaurant to kill this this uh, this vampire sure and says, he sure I know do. what you're going to say. And Where did he pull that gun from? I don't <laughs> know. He just had a gun. He just had it on him. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's not, with where Jonathan Joestar was just like, I'm going to punch the shit out of you. Joseph Joestar is like, I am not strong. I am very weak. I have to figure out how I can beat you. And he does it intellectually um, somewhat. And it's, he, right. I would say that Joseph Joestar in Mikey's analogy, the Tom and Jerry one is, he is the most Jerry-esque of any any uh, Joe star, right? Any, any, any JoJo, he's very. But like- imagine instead of using um, like a very direct pot and pan, like it's like oh, he uses the pot to, to hit him, or you know, he sets a <laughs> trap with the something that like cl- very clearly makes sense. He's like, you guys never thought of this. I'm gonna use my left brain or something, and it's like, <laughs> what? He was like, I'm gonna use yo-yos. That's gonna make me win. And it's like I've got these clacky balls and that right. they, uh, oh my God. Imagine shit. imagine Jerry setting yo-yos for Tom. Like Hey, don't what? shit on the clacky balls. <laughs> uh, clacky, <laughs> clacky balls go hard. Oh, okay, so yeah. I think that's a good that's a good recap, Kenny. I think that yeah, so so uh David and Mikey, I want you guys yes. to take the lead here because I want to hear your opinions. Kenny and I have been fans. You know, we watched this a long time ago. So what was your uh, first takeaway, Mikey, from from knocking out part two when you wrapped up Battle Tendency? Okay. Um, part two, I personally liked a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean... Like Narmak said, all the jo- all the all the chapters in the Joestar universe is S tier. They're all uh, they're all the the you can't re- they're not really one's better than the other. But I did kind of like part two a, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Joseph Joestar as a character. He w- really leaned into the ridiculousness inside of this this universe. Yeah, that we have um, and. I I thought that when they were doing like the final battles mm-hmm. the final the final battle with the with the pillar men or whatever um it was kind of hype as I was a lot more I was a lot more hyped to see my dude Joseph Joestar fight um cars or whoever yeah in ACDC than I was to see <laughs> Jonathan, because we, because we like, we really got to meet these guys a long time ago, and we got to see how strong they were, and then, uh, and then we saw Jonathan train for a while, and we kind of got that training arc trope, mm-hmm. um, and then we got to see how far he really came along. Whereas in Jonathan's case, it kind of just like it, there was some training going on, but it was like he was always low key on par with Dio. Like it was just, he was always super, super, super strong, but we got to really see there was that episode where he was like climbing up the, the pillar with his fingers or something. Oh, the water. Pillar. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, so they, the Jojo's has this, uh, trope, I guess, where anytime a hero is going to die, 
they spend like half episode on their backstory and it was it was funny just to see like at the beginning of the episode where the zeppeli Mm -hmm. the the zeppeli dies it like started out with like at least lisa was like no jojo you don't understand his past i was like Okay. Zeppeli's about to die. die. The second Zeppeli dying on a... (laughs) They do the whole, like, monk thing with Baron, right? Before he dies, right? Yeah. They do the whole, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they did do that. Right. Um, any every time someone's gonna die, it's like, oh, let's get a whole backstory for them, just for them to die. Um... I did feel a lot more connected to this Zeppeli than Baron Zeppeli, I will say. Yeah, we and we had Caesar a much longer time. Yeah. Right. I think Caesar's um, death was much more emotional. It yeah. was, but then like so they all like <laughs> like the hero, you know, Lisa Lisa and and what's his face? Uh Joseph, like they're crying about it for like a whole episode. And then the next episode it was like, Okay, let's go back to killing cars and and A C D C and Wham. Like, it's like they completely unfazed with like their best friend and and, and student just got mutilated. But they, they, they shed it all they out. They, they got it all out. out. They they cried they cried it all out. They had a whole like almost funeral service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But uh yeah. Definitely, it continued this 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 idea of every episode. They're trying to let's get how ridiculous are we gonna get next? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we gonna What are we gonna do? Is uh, is he gonna pull out a Tommy gun? Is he gonna do the thing where he runs? Is he gonna use yo yo? <laughs> is he gonna? <laughs> that, is, that is one of Joseph's classic moves. I'm just gonna run away. Bye, peace. <laughs> run away. David, okay. oh, okay. uh, yeah, I. So I like Battle Tendency much more than Phantom Blood. Uh, I think Joseph was just uh, just like Joseph was like an actual character compared to Jonathan. Jonathan was just like a typical like Golden Age comic books like America's uh, Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just you know he's doing the right things because they're right. Um, but yep. with Joseph, it felt like there was like a lot more actual character behind him, a lot more motivation to do what he was trying to do. And because at the end of the day, he was just trying to protect protect his grandma. Fuck, I can't remember what was the Pillar Men were trying to take over the world, right? Essentially, yeah. yeah. Pillar Men, they put that ring in his chest, and he's like, Pillar no, Men, yeah. They wanted right. to become the perfect life gods. Yes, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I felt like the plot of Battle Tendency was just better overall. It, yeah. I was just much more engaged, and I was surprised that there was no Dio. But I was kind of happy that there was no Dio, mm-hmm. just because yeah. I knew he would they, come back later. So I was kind of seeing what would happen in the second part. So that was kind of it was a, it was a assuring to see like a new antics. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Cool. And I so- think. Well, one thing, one thing. So, just to echo what Mikey was saying about the last part of part two being hype, that motherfucker was on a rock in the middle of the ocean, or he was on a volcano. Volcano right. erupted, right in the sky, right. He's like out, like out of the atmosphere. He's like yep. stratosphere. I don't know. He's high, right, and he falls all the way back down to Earth, and he's fine. He's yep. fine. He's fine. That shit was crazy. And he only had one arm at that point. Like he. Hey. 
He had one hand. Yeah, one hand. Joseph was like, he was like, cause I know what you're about to say, like flying into the atmosphere. Yeah. I was like, no, he doesn't know what he's about to say. No that's way. How you, that's how you know. He's got the one up on him. Part two was when the bizarreness. I didn't really feel like any like bizarre stuff for part one, but part two, I was like, this shit's getting so weird uh, yeah. because he's like, he, you know what? Like, I don't know how to beat him. Wait, I have an idea. Let's. Drive him into a volcano. It's like right. what? You're like, <laughs> oh my god! Classic I... Joseph Joestar. And then Cars was shit. like, Cars like showed up. He was like, I knew you were gonna try to get me into the volcano. Like Cars, how did you know? How, <laughs> how, did, how did you know? You, how did you how know? was that the logical steps that you made? Oh, that... Man. Yeah, I I really like part two. Yeah, so I think that um. I think that what happens with part two, and you guys kind of echoed this, is that part two takes the absurdity of part one and puts it into a much more like palatable um, story, right? There's there's more happening with the characters and the plotting that actually makes you go, hmm, that's kind of an interesting concept, or hmm, that's kind of interesting, right? So, I mean, and yes, it's still bizarre. I mean, Nazis are involved. Ancient stone men are involved. They fucking fight on top of horses in a chariot style race. I mean, yeah, like that. That shit was hot. That shit was hot, boys. That shit was hot. You know, these are ancient rock beings that want to take over the world and be oh, God. I think the tree beings at some point, too. Yeah, there's supposed to be trees and they're supposed to be rocks. they are. And um, they're, they're sentient. And Joseph is the wildest protagonist, right? Like, when you sit down it's to go, crazy. like, who is going to be a good protagonist to do to exist in this world? Uh, Rocky just nailed it. He said, "I've got it." He's got to be arrogant. Um, he's got to be eccentric. He's got to be a little bit of an asshole. He's got to have a little bit of this this flair and this battle style that makes him interesting and fun. Um, but also someone who's a bit of a wimp, a bit of a a bit of a runaway, a bit of a you know, he kind of fights for his own reasons and. Uh, does things his way the, all the way through. Um, and I think that's what makes him so likable in part two, because you're like, wow, like that's, this is a, he's kind of an asshole, but I kind of like him, you know? <laughs> he's kind of got that lovable asshole deal going on. And he's still very, he's still very proud of himself, like proud of his team. He's very thoughtful mm -hmm. when he works together. Um, At his core, he still is a, a Joe star. So he's right. still this very, righteous man he just right. expresses it in different ways he's just the nastiest right. joe star you know he's a little nasty you know he's a little nasty right, 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 um, right. that's what makes what? joseph what joseph right um and so some of the little things about battle tendency right so they adapt uh, about 69 chapters into 16 episodes which is the exact same pacing as part one so it's about four to five chapters an episode and it, it doesn't feel um, at least for my, you guys didn't touch on this. From to me, it doesn't feel fast. It feels no. yeah. comfortable. Pacing was also well done. Yeah, it feels very much like the show is moving at the right heart, at the right beat. It moves uh, very strong, and, and you've got, in my opinion, one of the best uh, like auxiliary characters of any Joe Joe Star squad, which is uh, Stroheim. I think Stroheim is the funniest fucker, <laughs> dude. I mean, just the best. <laughs> Like German engineering, y'all dessert. Like oh, if yes. you don't mess with Stroheim, dude, like that man goes hard. Um, but I, I think the he show clutch, does a great he job. Clutch. Um, he does a, it does a great job because like it also sets up like how powerful the Pillarmen are right from the start. You get the first fight with Santana, right, and you feel there's some friction and there's there's some weight there. You're like, uh oh, 
Joseph might not be able to beat these guys, right? There's there's actual some again there's some actual storytelling that just didn't really exist in part one, and uh, Araki has fun with that. Still, he lets you kind of breathe in there, um, and he still doesn't introduce uh, you know Standstone exists till part three, so they're still fighting. They're really just martial artists at this point. Martial artists with with sort of a super you know Haman is used pretty excessively in this arc. Right. Uh, as a they, have, they have key. They yeah. do have key. They have that from pretty much day one in, in Battle Tendency, which they didn't have at the beginning of Phantom Blood. Um, yeah. So that's a big part of it as well. Uh, but it, it's truly... And, and the style's not different. So the art animation, since it was all bundled as one big season, it really looks just like Part 1 did and feels just like it. They keep that stylistic similarity. Um, so And again, and Araki wrote these back-to-back, so it's not unexpected that Battle Tendency is going to have that same style uh for the most part they're pretty stylistically similar um he does get a little bit further away from from like the fist of north star and he starts to add sort of these like eccentric outfits i it's almost like iraqi sat down and he was like he was like all the people are drawing like girls in these ridiculous outfits so i'm gonna draw my buff guys in skimpy dick bulging like everything possible you know what i mean like that's one of my favorite parts is like part two you know, he's just like sticking them in like, like skin tight um, shirts, yeah. co- just covering their male nipples and their bulges. Yeah. Like, I love Caesar's um, design. Yeah, Caesar's like design all of it is just yeah, such. I a, have strong desires to touch their muscles. Very, yes, very dude. Strong. Like uh, Iraqi just uh, doesn't hesitate to to finally kind of embrace a battle tendency. He he embraces his personal style. It's no longer a photocopy of Fist of the North Star. It is Iraqi, right? It is original. It is it is based in the styles and the things that he likes. Um, and that's why you also get the main antagonist. And this starts sort of a a ripple effect. Ha ha ha. Um, but the main antagonists are all named after rock bands. Uh, or not uh, ones. Or it's all bands, right? Or some bands, songs. Yeah. yeah. Cars, yeah. ACDC and Wham. Yeah. ACDC, Wham, Cars, and Santana are all classic rock bands. Is and, Santana the first one that gets? Yeah. yeah. Santana's yeah. the first one mm-hmm. that So it's get, crazy. That uh, that's more that's a Rocky, right? That's like his. He said he loved listening to that music when he would draw, and so it it, it invaded his thing. And it's funny because they're all rock bands, and they're all rock. They're pillar men. They're rock men. It, it was a pretty class, like a little bit of a nod, right, to his himself. Right. And I think that um, that really started to to peer through right. in battle tendency, but. And to what I mean, David said it earlier that 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 really did the original villains was a lot more exciting than because Dio is just like that classic Dracula uh, vampire. Ba- I mean, of course, he's hardly a vampire. Still, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how you justify that he was a vampire, but he did sort of just fill this very um, plain, plain and dry villain. But these new villains, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I've never seen I've never seen pillar men that can move their shapes and sizes and their powers. Everyone's power is slightly unclear. They we don't know what they can. Everyone can really do. That's sort of the whole <laughs> point, I think. Right. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was it was neat. It was a lot more neat to neat. watch the pillar men be battling than Dio. Yes, I yes, think. Yes, yes. And I'd like to I'd like Not. to talk on the on the pacing. Is that like like imagine the cell games? Remember how. Cell was like, you guys can be stronger? Okay, go train and come back. And instead of that, we kill Santana right whenever we meet the Pillar Man. Then, in the middle of your training, another Pillar Man invades, and they have to fight him. 
And then finally we get to the fight with Wham and finally Cars. And you're like, I think that the the story makes itself go forward so naturally that it doesn't happen in a lot of other shonen mangas. They're like, okay, we got to go train and then we'll be back later to go ahead and fight this big villain. It's like, no, we got to go. Like, you're going to die. There's a ring in your chest. And the Pillarmen don't all think the same thing. Like, they aren't going to just let you go and train. We're going to show up at your training and kill your teachers. And, right. Like, and you're yeah. like, what? what, what? Like, all the bad know. guys were, the bad guys themselves were in conflict a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think with the with the rings that they put on, so listeners, so they put a ring, they put two rings on Joseph's. I think one's on his like throat, and one's on his like a major artery on his heart. Yeah, and they basically give him they give him thirty days, I think, to fight them, and that's the only way that, that he can get the antidote, get those rings dissolved. Mm-hmm. So right, right off the bat, we're kind of given like a goal for Joseph. Okay, I I have to beat these guys in this amount of time. I'm I'm weak right now, so let's you know start training, and and yeah, I mean I I agree with, with Kenny. It was very everything that happened didn't feel like calculated, just like very yeah. fluid, uh, very natural. You know, them interrupting them interrupting like Joseph and Caesar as they're training their Hamon and getting mm-hmm. better with um, with the control. They just had women out here. They're like, you no, know what would make this interesting? There's no formula. They're just... <laughs> Jesus. They're just going for it. Yeah. But so it, I... in a way, using those battles as like a training exercise. Right. So it was, yeah, I, the pacing was uh, done well in part two as well. Do you remember the two like other trainer characters? The two like a uh, oh. monk guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there were Lisa, yeah. Lisa. Yeah, those characters are strange. They're strange. I love. That's my only comment. On. <laughs> I didn't notice this at the time, but like, like shortly after, I was like, "Wait, Lisa, Lisa," because her name's Elizabeth, and then JoJo with all of the Josephs or Jonathan, because mm-hmm. she's a Josar. I was like, oh, that's pretty, right, pretty right. clever. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Smokey Brown being a uh, carryover into Stardust? Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mayor, Mayor Mayor Wait, is he mentioned? He's in mentioned Stardust? Just, just briefly. He's, it's like a back. I'm, it's like a. You're I'm pretty sure it's there, the next couple episodes. Yeah. Oh, David, yeah. you might not have seen it yet. Dang. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'll it's see not. It. Be, it's I, like I spoiled myself. It doesn't it's impact like the story. It's just like a cameo, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, but okay, so I think that we, as much as like we spent a little bit less time on Battletons, even though it was a little longer, I think that we hit all the major components of it, right? Like to me, Battle Tendency is the fir- perfect way to cap off the first season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Like uh, yeah. they, David Production made a really good choice, not because they easily could have done a 13 episode season and just done Phantom Blood, right? But I think making the choice from the go to put Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency into one 26 episode two core season, that's the, that was the move, right? That was the that was a way to get people invested in this new series and be or its old series in this revive revival of JoJo's because mm-hmm. part two to me is the moment where Araki was really like putting in the work to make us invest into this into this universe of characters, right? We really want to know what else could happen now. As much as like it didn't have Dio, it didn't have that that 
component, the rest right. of the world started to get really fleshed out. We learned Hamon more. We learned more about the way powers and characters exist. The world got bigger than just London. Now we were in America. Um, this was a this was the the and then the, South America and Italy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I forgot. There's some jumping and where, uh, Mexico. I think is where they where they yeah. uh, find Santana. Yeah. Um, but it starts in America. It, it the world gets much bigger. There's more going on, and it gets you invested in this universe. And I think that David Productions choosing to put this all at once out was the smartest thing that they could have done to get a new generation interested in JoJo's. Part two, to me, is what gets you going. Wow, I think I, this is this is something different. This is going to be then, something different. They left it on that beautiful post credit scene where we see that that young Japanese boy in jail, man. I know. I and know. you're like, you're like, I know what's coming. This is the part that everybody talks about. Man, I, guess, I can't imagine like watching it. that. Oh, what, M- Mikey? They understood that uh, Stardust Crusaders is the most iconic, right? Um, yeah. Part. So they really, they, they, you know, they Avengers Endgame or whatever. They, they gave us an after credit scene and was like. What's cooking up? What's like, like, you know, y'all know what's coming up. But yeah, and what's crazy is they actually took a pretty long production break after part two, uh, before part three aired. It was, I think, a two or three year production break between those two seasons. Wow. Um, Not the longest. The longest is between... The uh, longest production break was between four and five, yeah. That's the longest production break, but geez, that was like, I I think that was a solid three years, Kenny, between those two. Which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, were they animate? Were they like animating the whole time, or were they just nope, nope? Oh, they were doing they, nothing that whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's production break slash uh, making sure everything's in order to start the next part. Uh, just like right now, we got part five. Uh, what, like a year ago, Kenny? A little over yeah, a year ago. Ended in and there's still no. They haven't even talked about if part six is going to get. It. There's no announcement. Which, it's going to come. Honest, it's going to happen. At this point, but, it's coming, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a great wrap-up of part two, right? So if you're not a fan of JoJo's and this is your first time hearing about it, it's us talking about it. Yeah, we might have spoiled a little bit for you, but I think that we have not spoiled the meat of what was there. So go give the first season a watch. Watch those 26 episodes. And if at the end of Battle Tendency you still aren't vibing, then this might really not be the show for you, right? Like this might not be your style of anime, but it hits such a specific uh, genre and does it so well that if you are a fan of any action shonen, JoJo's is going to be right up your alley. I mean, it is the it epitomizes action shonen, and you got to remember that it predates most of what you're seeing now. So some of the yeah. tropes you see played out in JoJo's uh, are that you might have seen in things like Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Black, you know, all, Black Clover, um, all this other stuff. They are stealing it from JoJo's, not the other way around, right? JoJo's didn't come second. It it was it predates, but JoJo's intentionally sucks from shows like Fist of the North Star and Dragon Ball as uh, sort of a meta commentary on those on those shows. So that's not what you get out of part one and two. Um, and genuinely, I think, at least from my perspective, you guys can... I think that the first season is... is I think it sets a bar for action shonen that uh, is still, like, waiting to be crossed again, right? Like, I don't know if... Uh, I think aside from maybe My Hero Academia, um, when it comes to the quality of the production there's not really much higher you yeah. can get. Like, David Productions set a bar for, like, what Action Shonen can look like uh, as a quality uh, piece. Right. So As a seasonal experience, too. As a as, season, and, yeah, something that comes out uh, not just not all constantly, but it's it's coming out every year or two, right? You know, we're getting yeah. new, new episodes 
uh, very irregularly, um, and they're doing it in big bursts of quality storytelling. Um, and they're able to really take their time on how to pace it and how to spread it out so that you're enjoying the, the content through and through and still adapting it very faithfully from the manga. Um, such a great standard to have been set by this new age version of JoJo's. It, it's letting all of us enjoy a story that was told long before we were born. I can't say that enough. Like yeah. we're finally getting to enjoy something that was told way before we were born. And now we are, we're enjoying it in this medium and really getting, uh, getting the shit kicked out of our, us, I think is what I'd like to say. Let's give them a tease though, boys. Now, David, Mikey, you guys have both watched a little bit of part three. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, and our boy. First, so, so there's 48 episodes, let's I not, think, of part three. We won't spoil it too much. Yeah, David, 48. Yeah. Go on. I was going to say, that, so there's 48 episodes of part three. I've only seen, I think, the first. I'm on episode 22 or 23. Yeah. So I I'm think, about halfway through. Part I think Mikey's on like 26. So he's only yeah, yeah. So We're both around halfway through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And it adapts a much longer story. Stardust Crusaders was 152 chapters long, so almost double the size of the first two parts. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a much, much longer experience. Um, and so they've both seen about half. So, Mikey, first, don't don't spoil it too much, but first impressions, uh, what's, what do you think? Part three, uh, right. what, what, why is it? Why is it the best? You know, first impressions. Why is why is the, wait? We can't say it. They're Sorry. all great. Every I know. every JoJo's is great. Jerry. Why is it all the most? Why, why is it the most popular? Um, right. Um, what? Okay. It... Okay. Okay. So, you know, I think that I would compare uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to um, this is it's like the anime Fast and the Furious. Okay. There's a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of movies. Um, they're all. You know exactly what you're going to get whenever you're walking into it. It's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, and part three, um, so it's just, you know, popcorn action flicks, basically. But this is the anime version. But part three is that point in the Fast and Furious franchise where they forget that they were, that they were driving cars forget that it was about speed that it was a, it was about racing and they're now you know halfway superheroes and the characters are still there that you know and love but they're like also like CIA agents and like FBI people and it's it, it really has it it is not ground level criminal work anymore this is some major league magical stuff going on in part in part three um they again they he kept turning up that notch it, it feels like it feels like a different show it really feels like it he chose a new style of show to go for but we still have those those central um elements and and you know joseph continues on yeah yes as a as a main character, very truly. Right. Yes. 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 I'm at the purple. I'm at the purple. Just like how you know The Rock is still in these movies, and he was in the, like the second or third one, but <laughs> now he's a superhero or something. Vin Diesel uh, has yeah. made it, guys. No, I'm joking. Right. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Paul Walker. But um, yes. David, did you have any first thoughts on on part three again? Not too much detail, but so. Yeah, going into it, I was very hyped because I knew what I was about to get myself into. And then after actually watching it, I was, could not have expected what I would stumble <laughs> upon with 
Everything's a stand. Everything's basically. a stand. Everything. Just grab everything your butthole because everything's stand. a stand. And, and I know. I, I know. As I get further into the series, that becomes less of a meme and more real. It, mm-hmm. Everything really is. A stand. But um, I think the whole just just concept of stands is just so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, it's kind of like like Hammond. But everyone has their own version of it. Mm-hmm. And then he just like drew what that Hammond would look like if it was personified as a being. Right. And so and I mean, like remember like Caesar could like throw like water discs. Yeah. Which was like, you know, only he could do that. That was his thing or whatever. So, you know, he yeah. just took that a a step farther. Right, exactly. And I know there's probably a more of a reason as to why stands exist or, you know, why they are what they are you don't uh, gotta worry later about on in the reasons. series. You don't got to worry about the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually retconned into part three. So there's, there's a small portion where they talk about it and it didn't actually exist whenever he first wrote it. But yeah, in yeah. later parts, he, he writes it like that. And so yeah. you just need to be, you need to worry about how awesome they are. <laughs> stands get a backstory. Stands get a backstory in part four. That's when he actually wrote it. But the anime actually mm-hmm. added a portion of that story into part three oh. so that you get a little sneak preview of like what that is. So, And okay. I didn't even realize that. I thought it was all in part four. I thought it was all a flashback. But there is a flashback in part four with a little I bit of context can. as well. Um, that's fine, Mikey. Um, we're going to keep going through you going to the bathroom, my man. This, I've been drinking this jug of water. He's a jug <laughs> guy. He's a jug guy. He's a jug guy. He's a jug guy. He's a jug guy. But, no, but, now. but but not to get too far into part three, I am loving it so far. I, I'm loving it much more than one and two. I'm sure that's pr- probably safe to say a universal opinion. Yeah. Um, if we're just talking about the first three parts of JoJo. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I think that Mikey so hit on, he, Mikey said something earlier. He said, it feels like an entirely different anime. And I think that that's something that if you're, if you aren't a fan of JoJo's, you didn't like part one and two, you couldn't stomach it. It wasn't your style. I think jumping in at part three is not a completely inappropriate thing to do. I think you could just watch part three as a standalone experience and enjoy it uh, Enjoy it a lot. Again, we're not going to deep dive part three right now, but it is worth giving it a shot because part three is just so much different. It's such a different experience. So uh, definitely consider that. If part one and two really didn't work for you, go back and try part three or even part four or part five because all three, all of these shows... All of these parts really do exist sort of as they're in their own they're in the same universe, but they also right. sort of exist in their own experience. So it's worth giving that a shot. Um, Honestly, if you don't like JoJo's, you probably have shit taste in anime. So if you don't like it, then I think the one thing that's tough is like the only people that I can imagine aren't gonna enjoy a show like this is someone who just does not vibe with the shonen. If you don't like any shonen, you're probably not going to like JoJo's. Like that, I mean, just to put yeah. it frankly, like if shonen anime is not your thing, then JoJo's won't work for you. It, it is such a meta commentary. I keep saying that, but it's like it is such an a deep look at what shonen is as a genre, um, and it likes to play with that genre so much that if you don't like shonen you're not going to enjoy to watch the the meta version of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be your thing. But if you like Shonen in any capacity, and you look at it through that lens of, uh, this is a, this is both a commentary, as well as its own story, its own experience, 
um, you're going to enjoy it a lot more and you're going to just go, wow, okay, Araki was getting at something here. Um, but yeah, I think that that's it, guys, uh, for part three. And I think we'll wrap, I think we'll start heading towards the end here, guys. Wait, 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 um, Kenny, you're bald. Kenny's I'm bald? bald? What happened? Uh, yeah, I shaved my head. I mean, I, I haven't been to work in a long time, so I was like, fuck it. I just wanted to, my hair was getting really long. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't go to a barber, so I just shaved right. it all off. He needed, be, he needed Jerry, join the join the group. Join the crowd, Jerry. Yeah, come I on. So. This is the Bald Man podcast. The Bald Man, the uncensored Bald Man podcast. Um, uh, Mikey, <laughs> gotta go. Um, I think the only other thing I want to do mention about JoJo's is the amount of just artistry that really does go into it. If you've never watched a Rocky draw, you can find it on YouTube. He bases almost all of the poses that are like sort of the iconic part of JoJo's off of like classical sculptures, um, old paintings. Uh, these are not things he's actually drawing inspiration from some of the most like heralded art sort of in the world. Um, and that's where he, he originally, when he sat down to w- draw part one, that's where all of this was coming from. He was actually looking at sculptures. He has books of sculptures that he would take and he would use them as sort of the base when he would try to draw some of these poses. Cause he wanted them to look godlike, right? Like deity. Like, yeah. There was an intention behind that. And that's such a cool thing. Uh, Araki's one of the few manga artists to ever be featured in the Louvre which is a huge accomplishment. Um, his art is considered that high of quality and caliber that it is It is truly like, um, uh, again, it's considered like international it's, art. It's in yeah. museums. Yeah, it's yeah. literally yeah. in museums. Yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. crazy to think. In, um, it, it's so odd to th- see like the beginning of his art and mm-hmm. what he's grown to at this point because yeah. like some of the things he draws in his latest stuff is just unbelievable. You know, yeah. Some and of the, the ways the ways he used colors and styles in his characters is just crazy. It blows my mind just to look at it and just be like, "Wow!" Like that. It's not even like it just does. It feels for something that was created every week that he was making this constantly, um, essentially like in a vacuum of just having to create and create and create and create, um, which usually yields itself to lower quality. When you look at most manga that are created weekly, the quality of artwork is really not their focus, right? Um, it's about pumping it out. Some artists are very, very talented. You get some really good stuff. Tite Kubo is a great example as well. Um, but Araki is truly the the pinnacle. There's no one that... Or uh, I like Yusuke Murata a lot as well. Yusuke is... Oh, my God. Yusuke Murata is the next Araki. You know, he's... Oof, that'll be another episode, Kenny. We'll talk Yusuke. Um, but, yeah, what a solid, solid experience. JoJo's part one and two. Uh, Mikey, thanks for talking to us tonight about this. Uh, you're about to have to sit through... Uh, your brother's favorite part of the podcast. It's something we called Shonen Anime Unraveled. Um, Kenny is going to talk at us about a Shonen anime for a little bit here. <laughs> um, and tell uh, us well, guys, as you know, Shonen anime and Shonen manga, they're just focused on serialization, and sometimes the story just falls through the cracks, and they just unravel in glorious, glorious fashion. And this week we're going to talk about Bleach. Bleach. And Bleach is a Bleach is a great show, so well drawn. I love all the characters, but God, does it make no fucking sense? Okay, in Mikey, you love it, Bleach, huh? Mikey yeah, loves Mikey loves Bleach. Bleach. He's a huge Bleach fan. Bleach. I like I like the Bound arc. Do you like the Bound arc? I see. I don't even uh, know what the Bound arc. That when it got real weird. It got real weird after he beat Eisen. That should have been the end of it. I liked when he beat Eisen though. Yeah, 
Jamie Eisen. Here's what happens, okay? Uh, A guy named Ichigo who's like a good guy and he likes his friends and he protects people. And then there are soul reapers and they kill evil spirits. Spirits, after a certain time, if they don't, if they don't ascend to, like, heaven, which is uh, called the Soul Society, then they turn into these hollows, and they have to be killed. And But then they go to Soul Society, which is, like, kind of heaven, um, and they fight there. And then, well, now there's a hollow place, and I guess spirits don't, like, can be born as hollows as well. And then there's a guy who, like, controls them with this, this ball... And then we beat that guy, and everybody loses their powers. But guess what? There are these other guys named Quincy's that we absolutely have learned nothing about throughout the whole show. And Ichigo, he's also a Quincy. And so then he uses Quincy powers to reawaken his Soul Reaper powers that he lost. And then you're not going to fucking believe this. There's a whole Quincy world, and it exists within Soul Society. And so then in the final arc, the castle for the Quincy's exists on top of Soul Society Literally, it crushes Soul Society, and and then they just Ichigo wax this ancient Quincy guy who's also his grandfather with his big sword. And shonen anime sometimes just gotta come to it. <laughs> ten out of ten, Ichigo wax people with a big sword, dude. <laughs> That's why Bleach is the best anime of all time. That's why Bleach is fucking awesome. You dumb shit. Oh, God, <laughs> God damn it, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> No, yes, Bleach is, is quite the masterpiece, but also a piece of shit. Bleach is one of those animes yeah. we all have to accept yeah. that, like, it, Kubo, he should have ended it. Um, Man, but some of them characters, fuck, they look good. They look good. Orihime, Orihime, big old titties. Big old titties. Big old titties. That was one of his favorite things, big old titties. Yo, he looked Yorichi, the cat girl, big old titties. The what was the shark girl team? name? Uh, Harabel. 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 Rangiku. Not enough. You remember we Rangiku. were just talking about JoJo's. Not enough buff men. I'm gonna be honest. There's only I, Chad. Chad. He was. He was well, quite a Chad. I do think but... there's a couple sexy men though, like Grimjow man. Well, Grimjow. yeah, they draw Grimjow pretty. Ichigo. If you get to the the last. Okiora. Okiora. is like the. He's like the. Like the goth boys. He's like the goth boy. He's evil. Like you know, yeah. Like you know, like when we were kids, we were like attracted to like, uh, you know, like the girl from Danny Phantom. Um, like Okuyora was like the boy version of the girl from Danny <laughs> Phantom. Like <laughs> Dream Boy. Yeah, dude. He was the. Uh, he's the he's the little little vampire boy, the little the little goth yeah. boy that all the all the little goth girls fell in love uh, with. Some would say the vampire knight. I don't think anyone would say that. I don't. I don't think. But yes, boys, that is it. We have now that? wrapped up another episode of the Uncensored Anime Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey, again, we are so grateful to have had you on. Hopefully, we get you back yeah. on. on yeah, it's been a lot of money on it, so. Y'all are still going to do all my chores this week. Oh, yeah. was that? <laughs> um, was that the uh, yeah. agreement? Ah, um, oh, man. No. We are so grateful to have you on to talk JoJo's. What a great time. I hope that those of you listening both learned a little history about JoJo's, maybe had a new new excitement for what's to come in JoJo's because you know part 6 will come, it'll happen. Uh don't it will. don't don't yeah, don't trust the hype, but uh go watch JoJo's. It's the best. It's such a wonderful experience. Don't don't uh, get behind the curve. So go watch it now. Um and yeah, we had to dedicate a whole episode to this and we'll probably come back 
doing David and Mikey finish part three. Maybe when they finish part four too. Maybe we'll do an episode, do part three and four together. Maybe we'll do part five episode. Um, part three might need its own full two hours, maybe. Um, but part four and five might get a combined episode. Who knows? But we got to talk more JoJo's in the future because it is a show that deserves a little bit of love and a little bit of respect, uh, especially since people have been disrespecting Iraqi for too long. So we're happy to have brought this to y'all. Man, who's been um, disrespecting them, though? Shawisha, they said, you're not the Man. best of the best. They said, you're not the best of the best, Iraqi. Call That's up. what they said. They said, you're not the best. But you're right. They've kept him on board hello, for 30 Shawisha. <laughs> Shawisha. Hello, you're a hello, fool. Shawisha. You're a fool. What is you doing? What is you doing? Man. Fix it. He's got, work. Um, He's got art in museums. Oh, my God. But yes, 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 yes. Does Akira Toriyama got art in museums? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Masashi Kishimoto? Maybe. Maybe. No. <laughs> okay, but yes. Uh, next time, I hope you get excited. Uh, David has picked our anime for next week. Um, so we have start, we're oh. starting the cycle over. Um, are you sticking with what Is it going to be done by next week? What are you talking about? Like no, available? We're doing, doing so, Log Horizon next week, dude. Yeah, the next oh, episode. Oh, we are doing yes, I was Log like, Horizon. Now, yeah. You picked it. Um, I, was thinking uh, of, I was thinking of a different one. Else. Okay, so yeah. David has picked our show for our next episode. Uh, so we are going to jump back into our cycle of David, Kenny, Jerry to do our next couple episodes. So if you want to tune in next time, we're going to be talking Log Horizon Hopefully season do, one and two together. Um, should we do two? Uh, I think we'll be able to fit both of those in, in one section. Should we do something else? Should we do a movie or should we do? Mm. For now, we're going to plan next week. Join us for Log Horizon. We might sneak something special in there too. So if you want to come back next week, we're talking Log Horizon season one and two in preparation of season three, which airs next semester, uh, next year. It airs in January. Season three comes out in, uh, next year. So we want to talk about season one and two. Maybe add some hype to the fire uh, for Log Horizon Season 3. If you don't know, it is Isekai Trash. So if you've never watched Log Horizon, uh, it is just Isekai Trash. So um, be prepped if you want to watch it prior to us talking about it next week. Go give it a shot. It's about 50 episodes for both seasons. Um, and we'll be back again talking Log Horizon next week. But again, thank you to anyone who's tuned in. Thank you to anyone who's enjoyed this show. Uh, we've had so much fun recording this podcast, and we are excited to keep coming back and talking about anime every week, completely uncensored, unbeholden to the interest of anyone. We are just four, well, four this week, usually three weebs, uh, <laughs> talking about anime, breaking Don't it down. A weeb. Yeah, take, yeah. Take Sorry, back. we are take three weebs, three weebs and a normie. Um, (laughs) and hopefully we're going to bring more guests more exciting uh, content and we're going to keep talking about some of your favorite shows or least favorite shows Um, so please join us next time and we'll see you guys all next week peace